Do you need treatment or surgery? There's no need to wait or travel abroad. Receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland Planned Healthcare Scheme at potentially no cost. Why wait? Text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information. Good morning and a very warm welcome here to Heartlands on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And folks, today we are going to be joined by Pastor Phil, who is going to be speaking to us, or starting a new series looking at the life of Joseph. Also, Joe is going to be with us, and he is speaking on the scripture from Proverbs 18 and verse 10, which goes and says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it, and they are saved. But first up, let us begin with a small time in the Word by listening to Psalm 80 as Charlize reads it to us. Our psalm today is Psalms 80. Hear us, shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock, you who sit enthroned between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might, come and save us. Restore us, O God, make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears. You have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, and it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea, its shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down its walls, so that all who pass by pick its grapes? Boars from the forest ravage it, and insects from the fields feed on it. Return to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see, watch over this vine, the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burnt with fire, at your rebuke your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. Psalm 80 is a psalm of restoration, cry for restoration, cry for the revival of the nation of Israel, having gone into captivity. And the recognition, the realization is that they were not living their lives the way that God had intended and so, as a result of not living their lives the way that God had intended, calamity had come upon them. And, you know, if you stop up and ponder that, that is also true today. If we live according to the scriptures, according to the way that is outlined by the Lord Jesus Christ, our world will be a very different place. And I would actually go and say that a lot of the calamities that we have, they don't have to be on a grandiose scale even on a personal scale, would have been avoided, could have been avoided, had we lived according to God's word. We've looked already at the verse of scripture before, in weeks previous, where it says in Psalm 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
But how many of us truly live according to God's word? As a result, these people find themselves in a position that they never intended or longed to be in, and they want to break free from being in this place of captivity. They want to break free from the shackles that are binding their lives right now. And so their prayer, which is repeated a couple of times, is restore us, O God. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Is that genuinely the prayer of your heart? Is that genuinely the prayer of my heart? As we consider our lives as they are, maybe our lives are reasonably okay, but it's just not where we would like to be. Well, then the question that we ought to ask ourselves is, are we truly living according to God's word? And what does a lifestyle look like living according to God's word? Many of us have ideas of what it is that Christianity has for us or how it is to live a Christian life. But do we truly know what Christ is asking of us? Not what we've heard from hearsay, not what we've heard from tradition, not what we've presupposed, but actually from the pages of Scripture. I would go and encourage you that if the prayer in your heart right now is restore us, restore me, restore my family, restore my community, O God, and make your face shine upon us that we may be saved. If that's the prayer, Lord, there has to be more to this. Please take me out of this mess that I find myself in. I would encourage you, exhort you. Open the Bible and read for yourself what it is that God and how it is that God wants you to live your life. Do you know, it may surprise you. I'll leave that thought with you as we consider Psalm 80 again in song. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And today, folks, we have Joe going to be with us, sharing on a verse of scripture again that spoke to him. And also we will have Pastor Phil going and speaking on a new series regarding the life of Joseph in Treasuring Jesus. But before we hear from Joe, I have been asked to make you aware of three events that are taking place. And I'll give you the details now, and again I will give you the details again at the end of the show. So, please take note of the following. First up, there is a coffee morning which is an aid of Midlands Living Links, and it's taking place on Saturday, next Saturday, the 12th of August, in Anacon Community Centre. And it's from 11am to 1pm, and the, and the air code is E53FF. 77 E53FF77 As you know we've had Midland Living Links interviewed here before and Phil is a good friend of mine and they do a wonderful work coming alongside those who have lost loved ones through suicide and so there's a coffee morning as I said in aid of their work that's next Saturday in Anacon Community Centre the next thing I want to bring your attention to is on Sunday the 20th of August there's a family day at the Knock Shrine and that's taking place from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The family day is a lovely opportunity for families to get together and to enjoy a fun day out at Knock Shrine. All events and activities are free of charge 
and will take place on the beautiful grounds of Knock Shrine near the award-winning Knock Museum and Café Lichela. There will be a range of outdoor activities taking place on the green, that's weather permitting, and marquees with indoor workshops, games and more. And you can find out more about that on www.knockshrine.ie. So as I said, you can find out more details on www.knockshrine.ie. So that's the family fun day that's taking place at Knock. The final thing that I want to bring to your attention in regard to announcements is this. The Faith Mission are holding their annual convention from Friday the 18th to Sunday the 20th of August. That is Friday the 18th to Sunday the 20th of August. And the speakers this year are Pastor Henry Montgomery and the Reverend John Woodside. The event begins at 8pm on Friday evening and continues through to 7.30pm on Sunday. And you'll find out more details of that from the Faith Mission website, faithmission.org. So that is their annual convention taking place in Doro in County Leash on Friday the 18th to Sunday the 20th of August. Hello. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. That's what it says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. I was impacted by this verse this very day, in fact, and as I meditated on it, the Holy Ghost drew my attention also to Psalms 31, verse 20. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from the intrigues of men. Many years ago, as our team prepared for mission to Uganda, there may well have been concerns for some of us, like, well, what would the food in Africa be like? Will there be snakes? What about tropical diseases? For Westerners who'd never been to Africa before, surely at least some of these concerns would have arisen. What really spoke to me as I prepared myself was the advice that the safest place to be is right in the centre of God's will, and that advice never departed from me. You know, you can read books about this, but any writer or preacher worth his salt will tell you basically the same thing as what I'm telling you. If we're concerned about God's will at all, though, it's possible to get so wrapped up in our notions about his plan for our lives, about our ministries, that we forget him. The true work of God is to believe in the one he sent, that is Jesus himself. See John chapter 6 verse 29. It's in the Father, Son and Holy Ghost that we find our safety. If we have safety and security in our ministries, let me tell you this. At the very time of recording this message, I'm still recovering from a very heavy spiritual attack which I suffered while being on a preaching trip. It's caused me to doubt myself, and an old sword that was used against me in the past has been used again to inflict pain. It's in being still and knowing that he is Lord that I find solace. I've run to him and I'm safe. God bless you. Do you need treatment or surgery? There's no need to wait or travel abroad. Receive treatment at Kingsbridge Private Hospital in Belfast or Ballykelly under the Northern Ireland Planned Healthcare Scheme at potentially no cost. Why wait? Text hello to 51777 or visit kingsbridgeprivatehospital.com for further information. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. We have been listening to Joe speaking about the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous run to it and they are safe. And now 
we're going to have an old cup on tay, where indeed the very topic that I was looking at in my own cup on tay, a video you can discover on YouTube or on our Athlone Methodist Church Facebook page, was it's all about the name. So if you have a cup in hand, sit back and join me for this on cup on tay. Welcome to Uncle Ponte. What value do you place on a name? Isn't that the question? What value do you place on a name? When we think about certain brands of clothing, when we think of fashion lines, when we think of certain fashion houses, it's all about the name. We identify the product by the name. In fact, that name carries weight and carries worth. How do we know that? Very simple. If you were to go and buy such a clothing line or such a product, whatever it is, well, the name would cost you greatly just for the use of it. In fact, the franchise business is all based around the use of the name. If you wanted to go and set up a company under a particular brand, well, then you have to go and pay for that brand. But you also must go and do it and carry out the work under their guidelines and rules. You must do it their way because that's what the franchise is. It's all based on a name. Yet Shakespeare in the play, Romeo and Juliet goes and says, what is a name? That which we call a rose by any other name could smell just as sweet. And so what he was actually referring to or applying when he went and asked the question, what is a name? Is the idea that the name themselves are just a convention by which we go and distinguish things or people. But that the name itself doesn't have any meaning or worth. Well, I don't know if that's really true. I guess I can see what he's arguing about. If you went and called a rose a daisy and you always referred to it and knew it as a daisy, the thing is that then you would still, the smell would be the same. Its fragrance would be the same. It would look the same. But I don't know if that's just as simple as he goes and makes out. In fact, I would go and say a rose is a rose is a rose because that is how we identify a rose. And once we mention the word rose, we know what we're talking about. But name does have value, it does have worth. A person by the name of Dermot, who was a friend of mine, went and sent me a YouTube clip all about spiritual warfare. And the fact that we, as God's people, as Christians, as believers, are actually caught up in a spiritual battle. And that battle, of course, is not against flesh and blood, but there was various different people sharing about the reality of this battle. And I went and I decided just to listen to it rather than watch the video but as I was listening to it it occurred to me that it all boils down to one issue that all of the issues in our world boil down to this one issue and it's all about the name it doesn't matter what society it doesn't matter what culture it doesn't matter what belief system it doesn't matter about what religion none of those things matter what matters is actually the name and of course, that name is Jesus. I was also watching a documentary or discussion, actually, uh, debased on TV, which I thought one man was very bravely sitting there with a t-shirt on it with, Jesus is Lord. What a statement to, to be making on a national platform. When the word Jesus is mentioned, what does that trigger inside of you? Another word, isn't it? Oh, I was triggered. Everything is about being triggered nowadays. What does it trigger inside of you, the word of Jesus? You know, nothing has changed. 
What really is the issue is whether you identify with the name of Jesus or not. And all the way back, and this is why I say nothing has changed, all the way back in Acts in chapter 4, when Peter and John were out and about and they went and healed a man, this is what took place. Rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and have been asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When the leaders saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's an interesting point. Do people take note that you've been with Jesus? But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Note that the Jewish leaders tried to silence Peter and John from using the name of Jesus. And I would argue with you that the whole world over, that is the issue. And the thing is that the majority of people have actually successfully silenced believers, Christians, followers of God from using the name of Jesus. There are companies that are bringing it in that you cannot use the name of Jesus. How often is it that it's okay to use the name of Jesus as a swear word? but don't preach or speak about Jesus here? How often is it okay to make a laugh of Christianity, but more importantly, a laugh of a person who believes in Jesus, in the name of Jesus? But it's not okay for that person to share the living reality of their faith in Jesus. You see, it all comes down to the name. The name of Jesus. Now, I think that that's very interesting. Because it does. It just goes and clears everything out. It doesn't matter what the religion is. It doesn't matter what the philosophy is. It doesn't matter what the faith is. The issue all boils down to one thing. What do we do with Jesus? Now, if you are someone and you profess to believe in the name of Jesus, are you someone who exalts that name? Are you someone who just lets everybody else thrash it in the mud. 
there's a challenge for you and me today. Thank you for joining me for this on Cup on Tay. Remember, it's all about a name. Midlands 183. Welcome again, folks, to Treasuring Jesus. And if I may say so, a special welcome uh, to any of you who may be listening in for the first time. My mind goes back several years, well, many years really, uh, to a, a concert that I attended at my sister's school. She was playing in the school orchestra. And the second half of that concert featured pieces from a new musical, which was called Joseph and His Amazing Technicolor Coat. Now later, the musical was completed by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, and it's been seen in theatres across the world and on the big screen and on television as well. As you may know, it's a story from the Bible. It's some 4,000 years old, but what a story it is. A fueling family, a murder plot, a beautiful woman seducing a handsome young man, unjust imprisonment, a country in crisis, and a climax to the story that will have you on the edge of your seat. Now, I have to say that the musical gets some of the details wrong. So maybe we'd best turn to the original, where it comes from in the Bible, in the book of Genesis and from chapter 37. Let's read together. Joseph is a teenager and he's at home in Canaan. Genesis 37 and verse 1. And Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being seventeen years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colours. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then, behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheep stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us, or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers, and said, Look, I've dreamed another dream. This time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. Now Jacob, Joseph's father, had a, a total of 12 sons. Joseph was number 11. Now sadly, Jacob's wife, Rachel had died giving birth to Benjamin, Joseph's younger brother. So Joseph grew up without a mum at home. Now it may be this was part of the reason that Jacob showed unwise favoritism to Joseph, famously making up a special multicolored coat. 
His brothers uh, envy soon turned to hatred, especially when he shared two dreams he had, facing, uh, featuring him in a starring role. And so the brothers hatched a plan to give Joseph what he deserved. Here's how it transpired. We turn to Genesis chapter 37 and from verse 12. Then his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. So he said to him, Here I am. So then he said to him, Please go and see if it's well with your brothers and well with the flocks, and bring back word to me. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. Now a certain man found him, and there he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What are you seeking? So he said, I'm seeking my brothers. Please tell me where they're feeding their flocks. And the man said, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. And they said one to another, Look, this, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him, cast him into some pit, and we shall say, Some beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. The following verses tell how Joseph was taken, thrown into a pit. Reuben planned to rescue him and bring him out of the pit at a later time, but his plan was thwarted because the brothers sold Joseph to a passing uh, uh, crowd of Ishmaelites. Joseph was sold to a passing caravan of Ishmaelites who were heading into Egypt. And so they planned to lie to their father using Joseph's coat dipped in goat's blood, which is exactly what they did. And what those brothers did was going to haunt them for years. And if I could say to any young people who are listening to me, beware of following the gang and doing things that you know are wrong. Now, I understand that it takes moral courage to say no to things like alcohol or, or drugs or casual sex or some illegal scheme. When someone else or everybody else appears to be doing it without conscience and you're the one who's standing aside. Listen, that sin that you're contemplating may well haunt you for the rest of your life. So make sure today that you've trusted in Christ. You'll experience his help in the hour of temptation. Speaking of which, Joseph would soon face a test of his own. We bow together in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you that whatever our family background might be, we can have you as our Heavenly Father by faith in Jesus Christ. We pray that you'll keep us from following others to do wrong. Give us the courage to do right, even if at times we have to do it alone. We bring our prayer in the worthy name of the Lord Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. Amen. Folks, a few announcements before we go, just to bring to your attention. First up, there is a coffee morning which is in aid of Midlands Living Links and it's taking place on Saturday, next Saturday, the 12th of August in Anacon Community Centre and it's from 11am to 1pm and the, and the air code is E 
53FF77. E53FF77. As you know, we've had Midland Living Links interviewed here before, and Phil is a good friend of mine, and they do a wonderful work coming alongside those who have lost loved ones through suicide. And so, there's a coffee morning, as I said, in aid of their work. That's next Saturday in Anacon Community Centre. The next thing I want to bring your attention to is on Sunday the 20th of August, there's a family day at the Knock Shrine, and that's taking place from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The family day is a lovely opportunity for families to get together and to enjoy a fun day out at Knock Shrine. All events and activities are free of charge and will take place on the beautiful grounds of Knock Shrine near the award-winning Knock Museum and Café Likela. There will be a range of outdoor activities taking place on the green, that's weather permitting, and marquees with indoor workshops, games and more. And you can find out more about that on www.knockshrine.ie. So as I said, you can find out more details on www.knockshrine.ie. So that's the family fun day that's taking place at Knock. The final thing that I want to bring to your attention in regard to announcements is this. The Faith Mission are holding their annual convention from Friday the 18th to Sunday the 20th of August. That is Friday the 18th to Sunday the 20th of August. And the speakers this year are Pastor Henry Montgomery and the Reverend John Woodside. The event begins at 8pm on Friday evening and continues through to 7.30pm on Sunday. And you'll find out more details of that from the Faith Mission website, faithmission.org. So that is their annual convention taking place in Doro in County Leash on Friday the 18th to Sunday the 20th of August. So, much taking place and if you're free to go to all, free to go to some, please put those dates in your diary. On to the next time, I just want to say thank you for listening to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, show you grace and turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Midlands 103.